The Old Testament lesson for this, the third Sunday in Advent, is taken from the book of Isaiah, the 61st chapter. This will also serve as the basis for the message this morning. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness." the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their offspring shall be known among the nations, and their descendants in the midst of the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge them that they are an offspring the Lord has blessed. And I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. And as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with, with a beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels... For as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle lesson is from Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good and abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who is faithful calls you, and he will surely do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now, out of respect for our Lord, we rise to hear the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel is from the Gospel of St. John, the first chapter. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. This is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? And John confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, Well, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, well, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. 
what do you say about yourself? And John said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. And they asked him, then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? And John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. A couple years ago, I think it was 2018, two daughters gave their father a special Christmas gift. They gave him a furry teddy bear. What was particularly special about this teddy bear was the recording that it played when its paw was squeezed. This father's daughter, Malaya, tweeted, My dad refuses to get an iPhone because a voicemail from his mom that passed away won't transfer from an Android. So me and my sister, we put it, the message, into a bear. Merry Christmas, Dad. A video posted on Twitter by Malaya shows her dad opening the box, the gift, and taking the packing paper out of the box. And then he picks up the cuddly bear and he holds it very close to him in his arms and he says, ah, this is wonderful. But then he's encouraged to squeeze the paw of the bear. And as he does so, the last recorded voicemail left by his deceased mom speaks to him. And you can hear her say, everything's going to be okay. Bye-bye. I love you. Well, he begins to cry, tears of sadness, and probably some tears of joy. I think you would all agree that that's a pretty special Christmas gift. Well, let's squeeze the paw of the Old Testament lesson, and let's listen. For there's a special voice that we hear. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. Whose voice do we hear? Well, it's the voice of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And how do we know this? Well, some 700 years after Isaiah recorded these words, Jesus visits the synagogue in Nazareth. 
the town where Jesus had been raised as a child and as a young man. He now stands in the synagogue, probably where he had once been bar mitzvahed. But on this Sabbath day, Jesus is a guest of honor, invited to speak. And so he stands, and a scroll is handed to him. And he unrolls the scroll to Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. And then he reads the words that I just read to you just moments ago. He rolls the scroll back up, hands the scroll, the manuscript to the synagogue attendant, and then he sits down. All the eyes in the synagogue that day were fixed on him. And Jesus looks at them and he says, Today, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What a gift. There is no greater gift in all of this universe. And Jesus is the gift. He proclaims good news to the spiritually impoverished. He heals broken hearts. He announces freedom to people who are captive. He releases prisoners from the dark dungeons of depression. He proclaims the Lord's favor and He warns people of the day of God's vengeance so that they're ready for His return so that they might repent of their sin. He comforts those who mourn and He turns their grief into joy. And He brings stability and He brings strength to people's lives so that they're like sturdy oaks. Can you think of a better gift to give or to receive? Now one would think that the people in Nazareth would elbow one another out of the way so that they might be first in line to snatch up this precious gift. But tragically, Jesus' fellow Nazarenes respond to the gift with a bah humbug. And worse, they drive Jesus out of town. In fact, they shove and they jostle Jesus to the brow of the cliff upon which the town sits. And their plan is to throw Jesus off the precipice to his own death. But fortunately for them, and for us, they fail. And Jesus lives for yet another day. Despite our focus on this being the Sunday of joy, as this is the Sunday of joy in this Advent festival, the reality is that Advent and Christmas are often the seasons of sadness and depression. As people wrestle with their sin, and as they wrestle with the consequences of sin, in this world and in their lives. Many people are broken by the fact that they sin against God and they know it. Many people are brokenhearted because they know that their family won't get together for Christmas this year. Many people find themselves captive to worry and imprisoned by loneliness. Some are overwhelmed with grief because this is the first Christmas since their loved one died. And many crave security and stability as the year 2020 comes to a close. But uncertainties about the future remain. Tis the season to be jolly, we sing, or we're supposed to sing, when we're probably more inclined to sing, tis the season to be gloomy, pessimistic, frustrated, disappointed, and depressed. But the voice of Jesus speaks into this season. And He's the gift that we all need. 
it's right about now that we usually begin to panic. What am I going to get that special someone who has everything? Well, many people who have everything lack the most important thing. They lack Jesus. You and I who know Jesus as the gift that he is can give him as a gift to other people by showing them the love of God and by sharing with them, telling them the love of God in Christ Jesus. So do you know someone who is spiritually impoverished? Can I encourage you today to share with them the Christmas story of a God who loves them so much that he was willing to be conceived in the womb of a virgin? Do you know someone who's brokenhearted? Can I encourage you to share with them the healing balm of Jesus' forgiveness by telling them or retelling them the Christmas story? Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, for unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior, your Savior, who is Christ the Lord. I mean, if a little boy like Linus can share that simple story, certainly we can too. Do you know someone who's overwhelmed with worry, concerned about the future? Well, invite them, to invite them to take, take their worries and their concerns to the Lord in prayer and pray with them. Do you know someone who's really lonely? Can you visit them? Social distancing, of course. And can you share with them the narrative that Jesus himself understands their loneliness because he himself experienced loneliness like we will never experience when he died on the cross, forsaken by his Father, so that our sins may be forgiven? Do you know someone who is mourning the death of a loved one? That this is maybe the first Christmas without this loved one? Well, can I encourage you to ask them to reminisce with you about this loved one and then assure them that Jesus understands their grief for he too grieved the death of loved ones. Oh, sure, I know there's going to be people who will respond to, to this gift of Jesus with a bah humbug. They might say, Jesus, you're not the kind of Savior I need. I want a Savior who I can wind up and have march to the beat of my own drum. I want a Savior who I can put on the shelf and, and when I'm tired of him and get him down off the shelf when I need him. I want a Savior who will make no judgment on me and will reward me whether I'm naughty or nice. Unless we think, and lest we think that we're more appreciative than these Scrooges, maybe we should be reminded of the times where maybe we have thought, I don't really need you, Jesus. I can save myself. Or maybe we can think of the times when we tried to get Jesus to, to march to the beat of our drum. Or the times when we have put Jesus on the shelf, bored of him, ignoring him, playing with other toys, thinking that they'll bring us more happiness and contentment in life. Or the times we weren't so appreciative when Jesus' words convicted us of being naughty in our thoughts and our words and our deeds. Friends, if it were not for the grace of God, for the gracious gift of God's Spirit creating faith in our hearts through His Word, we would be just as Scrooge-like in our attitude towards the greatest gift of all gifts. 
But Jesus continues to be the gift we need. He continues to proclaim good news to us. And today, this gift, Jesus, speaks to you and me, and he says, your sins are forgiven. I came into this world to die for each and every one of them. He continues to mend broken hearts. He continues to release us from the dark dungeons of depression and sadness. He declares His favor upon us. He keeps us vigilant and prepared for His second advent. He comforts us when we mourn and He turns our grief into joy as He reminds us that He is also raised from the dead and promising everlasting life to everyone who believes in Him. He assures us that our future is in His capable hands. It might be a cliche, but Jesus really is the gift that just keeps on giving all year long and for all eternity. And for such a gift, how do we respond? Well, the voice of the appreciative, of the saved, of the faithful. Your verse, voice and my voice is heard in verse 10 of our text. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for He has clothed me with garments of salvation, and He's arrayed me in a robe of righteousness, and as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and a bride adorns herself with her jewels. Yes, we respond with a life of thanksgiving. We delight in the Lord. Our soul rejoices in God our Savior, in Christ our Lord. We wear proudly the gifts that Jesus gives to us, that new garment of salvation, the robe of righteousness, that precious jewel gifted to us by our Lord, our groom, and we rejoice. And this joy, no one can take from us. No matter how our plans to celebrate Christmas turn out, no matter how different this Christmas may be from all the past Christmases, no matter whether we get the gifts we want or not, no matter what our future, future holds, no, no one can take the joy of Christmas, the joy of our Savior, the joy of receiving the greatest, most awesome gift of, gift of all, Jesus Christ. No one can take that away from us. And thus we can, as St. Paul says in our text, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks to God in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, our greatest Christmas gift. Amen. And now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.